Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. We're, uh, we're trying something different today. I'm, I'm going live out on YouTube. So if you're new here, welcome. I, uh, I hope you're a fan. Relax Running Podcast. We're a weekly running podcast, and and each week we'll we'll either have an interview of some sort, or we'll do something like this, where I'll sit down and and I'll answer particular questions. Now, the idea of this show is pretty much that each week we we make the aim to make your life as a runner easier, whether you're a distance runner or from a running based sport. Our plan here is to try and eliminate some of the guesswork. It doesn't have to be as difficult as as what a lot of us make it out. I think. Um, in a sport like running where we're relatively new to it and we're not 100% sure where to start, can be really overwhelming like anything really. I think everything in life can be really overwhelming if you're not having any specific guidance and no one's giving you specific direction. So my goal here is to completely eliminate that for you or at least eliminate a little bit of it, trying to eliminate some of that guesswork. So today I wanted to mix it up a little bit and answer some of Google's most popular running questions. I've got about six or seven here. We'll see how we go for time. Um, but I thought, well, these are really interesting questions. And I think sometimes we're, we're trying to find blanket rules. We're trying to find blanket answers that just is a one-size-fits-all approach to running, which if we're going to be honest, it's a very individualized sport. There's no such thing as a, hey, this worked for me, so it's going to work for you. Your body's different to mine. Your training's different to mine. Your goals are different to mine. So the idea of trying to just throw some blanket over all of us and go, all right, well, this should work. <laughs> you're kind of you're kind of kidding yourself. So, um, hey, if you're new here and you'd like to find out more about what we do, jump over to relaxrunning.com. You want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that. Relaxed underscore running is where you'll find us there. But for today, let's jump straight into it. I've got about seven or eight questions, I think, written down here that we want to tick off. As I said, we'll see how we go for time. Um, feel free if you're on YouTube right now to throw your comments in the question below. I'll do my best to answer it if you've got any specific running questions. But without further ado, let's get into it. So first question, where do we fit strength training into the training program? Great question. Um, I'm not really complimenting anyone in particular here because it's just a generic <laughs> Google question. But it is a great question. Where do you fit it in? Now, I think for me, one of the most confusing parts of my training when before I retired back in 2014 was I, I, I don't think I had a full appreciation of how valuable strength work was until I'd spoken to the likes of um, Angelo Gingerelli. I'm just trying to find his book back here. Can't see it. Until I'd spoken to the likes of people like Angelo Gingerelli, I, I don't really think I appreciated how much benefit there was to strength training. Now, the reason for that was I had this preconceived notion that okay obviously i'm trying to be as fit as i can and fast as i can and the idea of building muscle for a distance runner just seemed terrifying to me because uh, more muscle to carry around surely that just meant more weight to carry around didn't it? and that was something that i wasn't overly interested in. then i realized that so many of the top athletes that i follow they're, they're all doing this kind of work they're all doing strength work whether it's lightweights like Elliot kipchoge before a marathon or even heavier weights like an 800 meters like a john walker style from back in the sort of late 70s the strength element of running is really important so uh, depending on what you and your pt or your physio or if your exercise physiologist have organized it's going to vary how you structure that strength training but in saying all that how do we do it where do we structure it where do we place it in our training week well 
I was lucky enough to sit down with the former Australian 1,500-meter record holder, Ryan Gregson, for the great man Stuart McTrain broke his, uh, broke his record about 12 months ago. And I asked him the question. I said, hey, well, is strength training an important part of your routine? And if it is, when do you do it? Where do you fit it in? And for him, he's the kind of guy that he likes to just go, all right, I'm going to have a really big day. So he might have a rough session or a hard session on, say, a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Saturday. And for him, he liked to do his hard session in the morning and then go, you know what, we're going to group it all together. In the afternoon, he'd go out and he'd smash his strength routine. Whereas me, what I've found in the last couple of years, even though I hadn't really been super focused on um, you know, the strength element when I was training, the last few years, I find I like to do my harder running on one day and I alternate it with a harder gym session the next day. Now, I do a classic gym style uh, routine, which isn't necessarily aimed at developing your running ability specifically. I'll sort of just do the classic chest and tries, back and biceps, legs and shoulders. Uh, but depending on what your goals are, depending on what you're trying to achieve, is going to dictate what particular things you structure. But the truth is, the science seems to vary on this topic. A lot of it seems, a lot of the research seems to point towards, hey, it's important to have a break. But like most things, <laughs> like most things uh, to do with the human body, we're very individualized creatures. So you're also going to find plenty that suggest the idea that um, doing that breakup uh, might be a more effective thing. For me, it's purely on feel. And unless you're being guided by a professional, I would encourage you to go on feel as well. If you, if you like just getting it all done like a Ryan Gregson, do that. If you're a little more like me and you like to you know, space it out a little bit, enjoy your afternoons rather than having to punish yourself at the gym, give that a go as well. As I said, it's, a, it's hard to chuck a blanket over that particular uh, topic because it, it is so uh, individualized depending on your fitness levels, your history in the gym, what your running goals are, how often you're planning on going. Second, uh, second question here is, should I warm up and cool down before an easy run? Now, uh, uh, another thing, and I'm, I'm just going to say this to kick this conversation off. I think it's important that we acknowledge so many of these questions <laughs> are very individualized. The answer to this question for me until about 12 months ago was no. Like the idea of going out for an easy run was I'll just incorporate my easy running within that run. If I was going out for an hour, then maybe that first 20 minutes of that hour would be very, very slow. And then I'll just gradually pick it up as my body warmed up, as my blood warmed up, as I started to feel a little bit more comfortable running. I would start to improve or I'd start to increase the, the pace that I was running. But the truth is if you're uh, – if you're young, especially, if you're young, especially, the idea of needing to warm up before a, an easy run, it's, it's a bit of a foreign thought. It's a little bit of a, uh, it's just unimportant, I would say, in many instances. But as I've just stated, there are some instances, if you're dealing with injury, if you've got a history of tension and tightness or strained muscles, I would, I would change your approach. And I say that because the last couple of months, my approach to these easy runs, it's, it's changed, it's fairly dramatically I, I constantly had a, a calf strain and it's something I've spoken about on the podcast a little bit I couldn't seem to to get on on top of this calf strain and this is something that uh, encouraged me to do the most recent video that I did on YouTube about how to prevent them or how to treat them for me just incorporating some form of warm-up routine before my easy runs was very beneficial to this so I would just used to go out the door and start running and go all right we'll just see how today goes and for a couple of months I just constantly got to about four or five k's or about two miles and my calves would start to tighten up before I knew it I was like oh okay well there goes there goes this run there goes a run for another couple of weeks so I've started now incorporating probably a five minute warm-up routine I'll just do I'll do a little bit of stretching I'll do a little bit of skipping um 
and I'll just try and encourage a little bit of uh, freedom within those muscle fibers. I'll jump on a foam roller just to encourage uh, some flexibility and, and and them to open up a little bit so that um, as I get out there, it's not such a shock to the leg. So depending on what it is, an easy run, I would say it's less likely that you're going to need to do a warm-up. Obviously, when it comes to the faster style work, you're really going to want to come up with a warm-up of something. But for these easy ones, it's not a huge stress. Should I stress? Uh, should I stress? No. Should I stretch before I go out for a run? I think I've kind of answered that one. Depending on this, is a very much a preference thing. Like a Stewie McSwain, the the Aussie, the new Aussie record holder for the fifteen hundred meters, he's classically inflexible. And I've had a couple of conversations with physiotherapist Brody Sharp, who's spoken about the fact that for for so many athletes, the idea of needing to stretch before you go out, it's it's not really rooted in any science that this is beneficial to your performance for me it's purely a feel thing i like the feel of going out and having loose hips and loose hammies and looser calves and i, I don't really like that feeling of just feeling like you're shuffling along just doing your best to, to get through a run uh, i like the idea of going out there and feeling free so for me very much a preference thing should i run with sore legs that depends uh, it depends on what we mean by sore legs if we're talking about you've strained your calf or no it's a very broad question. We need to narrow that question down to be a little bit more specific because soreness in running, especially if you're new to the sport, can be a very confusing thing. Soreness in running might be, um, all right, you're dealing with a calf strain and you should stop or you've rolled your ankle and maybe it needs a couple of days to recover or you've torn a hamstring. Like that's all soreness as well. But then there's a classic just DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, where I still get this. If I do some sprints on one day, and then I go out and try and do an easy run the next time. I'm like, oh, okay, there's some tenderness going on there. That's a, that's a little bit of pain. And for me, over time, I've just gradually developed the ability to, um, to know what that pain is. I've got like a little bit of a, a scale that I work by. If the pain is like a one to three, generally for me, I'm, I'm usually going to be fine to go out for an easy run. If that pain's a little bit sharp and it's gone up to a three to a six, I might give it a day or two to rest and recover. If that pain's like a seven to a 10, all right, yeah, you got to go see your your exercise physiologist or your PT because something's not right in your body there. So try and tune into how you're feeling. This can be difficult if you're newer to the sport as well because the truth is if you're new to the sport, everything feels painful, <laughs> doesn't it? If you're honest, you'll wake up from most runs and be like, I feel horrific. Um, if you can spend a little bit of time just trying to clarify, all right, what's caused this pain? Is it a sharp pain? Is it an intense pain? Or is it just a little bit of muscle soreness? I think having that clarity gives you confidence to know what your next move should be. If you can have confidence in your next move because you know what it is that you're doing is not going to cause any extra or long-term damage, then, hey, what's the drama in going out there? In fact, if it is delayed onset muscle soreness, for me, one of my favorite things to do after a really intense workout is to go out and just jog it out so slowly the next day. Yeah, it's a bit painful. Yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable. But the truth is... It's good for you. Just getting that blood to, to flush through those muscles, getting a little bit of oxygen through there. I always feel better for it, especially if I finish that run with uh, some stretching at the end. Another one, should I run every day? Again, it depends. What are, you, what are you training for? How long have you been running for? How many days in a row have you, have you done before? I think one thing that you guys would be so sick of hearing me talk about is that running definitely rewards the consistent, but unfortunately it attracts the compulsive, the obsessive compulsive. So many of us go, okay, well, I'm committed to improving my running. 
how do I improve my running? Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run as hard as I can for as long as I can for as many days as I can. And that sounds inspiring, like a Steve Prefontaine style story. But the truth is, when you take an approach like that, one of the classic signs that you'll hear is not only a performance plateau, but also injury. I also think it depends on what distance you're running. If you're relatively new to the sport and you're trying to just build up from a couch to 5K, no, don't run every day. You'd be silly to run every day. In that situation, you should be aiming to do three or four days of a, a very light run for maybe 15 to 20 minutes and do that for three weeks. And if you can do that consistently, then we'll have the conversation about adding an X day. Prove to yourself that you can do small steps before you start trying to take big steps because it's kind of a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. I think it's it's often way overestimated what we can achieve in a, a short amount of time and way underestimated what just showing up consistently for 12 months will allow us to achieve. You don't want to be a hero for three weeks and then have to sit out for three weeks because you've just exhausted your body. You want to be that person who rocks up and does the small things consistently and gradually just takes your body to that threshold of performance where you can go, okay, well, I'm ready for that next step. And I think that the most encouraging and most confident way that you can go about that is by is by proving it to yourself that you can take those small steps first. I think that it's often underestimated how much confidence plays a part in this as well. If you can prove to yourself that you're willing to take those small steps, then incorporating that next step isn't as dramatic either. If you go from zero to six days of running, that's heaps. If you go from three to five days of running, hey, that's, a, that's not that much different. You know what I mean? Develop your confidence, develop your strength, develop your capacity to get out there regularly, and uh, and then we'll take that next step. All right, what have we got here? What is the best marathon training session? The long run. The long run. For most people, the long run. If, if we're talking to the general marathon runner, if we're talking to a person who's not necessarily at an elite level, it's the long run. If you're at an elite level, obviously there'd be coaches who are arguing with this because obviously a threshold run's important, speed endurance runs are important. But if you're if you're relatively new to the sport of running and the longest that you can run at the moment is 5K, you're not ready for a marathon just yet. Why is that? Because your body's not uh, your body hasn't adjusted. It hasn't made the changes that it needs to make to be able to get to the marathon. So how do we do that? Well, we gradually increase the distance that we run. How do we increase the distance that we run? Well, most new runners start too fast. Most you runners go out at a pace which is too fast for their ability. I'm a better runner than my wife. But for whatever reason, the first mile of each of our runs, she always wants to run faster than me. She looks back and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and for us who have been in the sport for a while, you go, okay, well, he's warming up. He's using his first kilometer or mile as a chance to warm up those legs. Whereas for her, she'll get a mile in and go, what are you doing? Then she'll get a mile and a half in and go, babe, I'm so unfit. I go, you're not unfit at all. You're actually very fit. But the pace that you're running right now is way too fast for your ability. So if you're training for a marathon, if you would like to eventually run a marathon and you're not 100% sure how to go about it, I would encourage you to get some guidance. I, I offer one-on-one -on -one running sessions. I've got two spaces available. Um, if you jump over to relaxrunning.com, if you're interested in getting some guidance, I'd be more than happy to work with you there. We can have a chat via Zoom or we can have a chat uh, over the phone if that's something you're interested in. But it doesn't have to be me. It can be anyone that you're interested, anyone that you trust in the running world. Ask them how to lay out a plan. I, I would encourage you not to increase your runs by any more than 10% every fortnight. If you're at 3K right now, hey, run 3K 
two Sundays in a row, and then add maybe, okay, when it's 3K, maybe you can add 4K. But as we get a little bit uh, further out with the distances that we're running, you don't want to go from running 20K to 35K and just assume that's a normal transition. It's not. You want to just take gradual steps up, ideally over the longest possible time that you can, and then with that increase in the distance comes a confidence in your ability to do it. And that's the reason that I put forth the idea that the, the long run is the most important session. But as I said, depending on what level you're running at, it's really going to dictate um, what the most important session is. Because I think the answer is if we're willing to be a little bit nuanced, there's a few. But the most important marathon training, get out for that long run. All right. Is it possible to do a recovery run too slow? No. No, it's not. No, it's not. One of the, the idea of a recovery run is to give your legs the chance to turn over. Now, let's clarify what we mean by recovery. When I say recovery, these runs are simply an opportunity to go out there and, and just flush a little bit of oxygen through your legs, flush a bit of oxygen around your body. We're not talking about trying to develop any radical fitness on these recovery runs. Back in 2013, before I retired, my training week was very similar. Each morning would start with a 30-minute easy run. And the reason for that 30-minute easy run in the morning was I wasn't that worried about developing any more aerobic capacity or developing my ability to run further for longer. That was purely a recovery run from the session before. If I went out for a recovery run in the morning, the session that afternoon felt so much better. It was so nice just to get some of that crap out of my legs. Even if it was placebo, it was fantastic. It was nice to rock up to a session at the end of the day and go, okay, hey, that session from last night's out of my legs. I ran it out this morning and finished with some stretches. Now I'm ready to go. If we're talking about that kind of recovery run where you're just trying to give yourself a chance to absorb the work you put in yesterday, there's, there's no such thing as too slow. In fact, I think what's more important question is, um, is there such thing as too fast a recovery? Well, there is, yeah, because we love this idea. Now that garments are such a big thing and it's so easy to attach with Strava, so often we'll go out there with the intention of doing an easy run and we'll see our heart rate's low and the time that we're running is quite quick. So we go, hey, why not take this opportunity to just run a little bit quicker and make our Strava data look a little bit more impressive? I would say focus more on running slow for your recovery runs than allowing yourself to run fast no matter how good you feel. If you can, it's, I would say this, it's harder to pull yourself back than it is to increase the pace. The way that so many of us, I've been in the sport now for 20 years, and the way that so many of us are wired is to go, all right, well, I'm obsessed with running. I want to get faster. If this recovery run can be faster and I can feel good doing it, why shouldn't I do it? Because uh, injury, exhaustion, performance plateaus are all real things. And a lot of those are born out of the idea that you don't have the capacity or the discipline to pull yourself back. Pull yourself back. Take it from someone who's been around for a long time. You're going to be grateful for uh, giving yourself a bit more of a chance to recover than what you will be for trying to make your easy runs faster because then you're constantly just upping the threshold of what an easy run is supposed to look like. You can get too obsessed with heart rate. You can get too obsessed with um, you know, the data on your phone. Whatever happened to that Rob DeCastella approach where we just go by how we feel a little bit? I mean, he was a two-hour, seven-minute marathon runner. He was pretty good. He knew a thing or two, and heart rate wasn't a, a major concern for a lot of his running, from what I understand. Uh, I think too often we get too concerned with what our watch is telling us, and as a result, we we fail to um, we fail to have that ability to to really tune in to how we're feeling. All right, does running get easier? Yes. Yes, it does. Everything gets easier. I was listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast last night, and I'm going to absolutely destroy the science behind it. But it was explaining just the process that our left and right brain go through when it's trying to develop a new skill. 
at the start, there's so many parts of our brain which are just wired up trying to develop an easy way for us to memorize how to do this without so much thought. He says, the more you practice, the easier it gets. Now, tell me, tell me a field that uh, the more you practice, it doesn't get easier. The truth is every, it doesn't matter whether you're a day trader, a runner, a comedian, a snowboarder, uh, an academic, whatever, just trying to learn how to read, whatever you do regularly gets easier. But are there certain ways that you can go about it that make it easier? Yes. I've already told you one of those things. One of the, the best ways to make what you're doing so much easier is to recognize the, the role that that particular session is having. If it's a recovery run, slow it down. If it's a speed session, speed it up. If you're sore, have a rest. If you're tired, uh, constantly go and see a sports doctor. I think taking some practical steps in that department can make such a radical change. Um, but for a lot of people, the flip side of that is, can it get harder? Well, yes. If you're just trying to go out for a long run every day and increase the pace that you're running, you're going to feel horrible. You're going to be like one of those people who are new to the sport and go, I don't really understand what's so beautiful about this sport. I don't really understand what you enjoy about this. So many of my friends go, I wish I enjoyed running, but I just can't get past the tiredness that I feel. I'm like, yeah, but like that's the part you've got to push through to enjoy anything. Nothing's enjoyable when you're just trying to get used to it. Some days, even when you are used to it, it's not that enjoyable. I'll go out for runs from time to time, and I'm like, I can't believe how unenjoyable this is. But the flip side of that is some days, for a variety of reasons, we're, uh, we're very nuanced creatures. For a variety of reasons, we'll go out there, and my body will just feel exhausted and flat. And I go, you know what? I completely agree with what everybody I've ever spoken to says about running. It is hard. It is difficult. But the beauty is, if you can stick with it, there is, uh, there's a light at the end of that tunnel. It can get far easier. What other questions do we have here? Should I stretch? We've done that. Should I run with sore legs? Does running get easier? I think that's a pretty good place to start. Ladies and gentlemen, I reckon we'll leave it there for the day. My uncle just crept up the stairs. I thought there was a burglar in the house. Hey, thanks for being here. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you listened. Don't forget, everything else you need is over at relaxrunning.com. Happy training, and uh, I'll see you all again here next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com.